Welcome to another episode of Racks and Reels, the hunting, fishing, outdoor show where we talk with real folks about their strategies, stories, and things we love about the outdoors. I'm your host, Mitch Gordon. Welcome to Racks and Reels, Minnesota. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. This week on the show, we have a guy that was referred to me, and uh, I don't like to say we when he walked in the door today. I said, "Man, I, I know we met before, but I don't think it was formal, and I think it was through one of our shows, and and it was uh, probably over a few drinks." But anyway, um, Trevor Litke is here in the studio, and man, this guy loves to hunt birds, and I've seen his Snapchats ever since you know we got in touch and whatnot, and this guy is like. He's like me during turkey season, like go, 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 go until like you can't go anymore or like mainly all the hunters that are listening to this podcast are fishermen. You know, there's no, ain't no rest for the wicked. It's like waking up for six for work is a problem, but waking up for, you know, to hunt geese at four in the morning is just, it's solid, man. But welcome to the show, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Should be fun. Should be a good learning experience. I was telling you right before we started, I I used to spend, when I started this podcast, I used to spend a lot of time talking to people and just saying, hey, you know, what's this? What do you want to talk about? This and this and that. And it's kind of a waste of time because we burn a lot of the good energy, you know, right right up front. So let's, uh, we're going to jump right into it then. Um, Basically, you know, Trevor, he loves to hunt birds and that's something, you know, if you listen to this podcast, it's something I don't know a whole lot about. I've jumped in blinds before when people say hey you want to come shoot some birds i'm like sure man like whatever you know get up early mix my coffee and jump in but um trevor has his own outfitting company called legends outfitters correct yep okay and then something about roost tv is your app so roost tv is a website it actually just came out uh joe heinz and scott thrining with milk Gear calls That's okay they're they're cookie okay. so all of our hunts that we film go on to that website okay it's a monthly subscription of 3.99 and then from that website you can download an app to your phone and you can see all the content there's like tactics there's calling lessons there's all of our hunts are on there um, just about anything and everything waterfall hunting 24-7 is on there. And that's like basically a local thing? or Yeah, it's all local. So all of all our local. hunts are from here, like Hutchinson, Minnesota, and then Waverly, Minnesota is all of our, pretty much 99% of our hunts. Really? That's super cool. And you created that? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That's awesome. So you then go on there, it's three ninety nine, which is cheap. It's a beer a month. A beer a month. So <laughs> about three ninety nine per month. Yep. Okay. Okay, and then how many different plat- how many different guys are loading videos up to it? So Joe and my hunts are on there, and then okay. Scott Thrynan's Mulkier down in Rochester, his hunts are on there. Okay. So right now there's probably, oh gosh, I'd bet 30 hunts on there right now. Really? Yeah. Just from this year, 2020? No, from years past. Okay. But we're constantly putting more and more content on there. Sure. So we just, like last week we filmed three hunts, I believe it was. Okay. So, Yeah. That's killer, man. Yeah, the That's first killer. one we filmed this year, we shot 70 geese. 70 <laughs> geese. The migrator day. No kidding. Labor Day Monday. Labor Day Monday, early season. So, yeah, we're going to get into that and in, in, your, in your, you know, the, the goose hunting for dummies and, you know, down to the technical gist of it, too. But Roost TV, go check it out. So, RoostTV.com? It's www.RoostTV.com. Okay. You have it's to put the www, otherwise it doesn't work for no some kidding. reason. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's weird. You must have didn't pay for the right domain. Like, the, the extra, extra strength of man. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, a Legends Outfitters. So... That's uh, your outfitting company, yep. and, Me and, Joe, you, yep. and you are based out of Waverly and Hutchinson. Waverly and Hutchinson. Yeah, yep, must have two places. Must be nice being yep. an outfitter. So Joe's in Hutch. He watches okay. Hutch. I overlook Waverly. Okay, that's full time job. Oh yeah, watch all day every day. Watching that. Yep. Crazy. We're gonna get into that right before. I just want to. I just want to touch and let the listeners know. I guess who I'm talking to and kind of where you got brought up and what led you you know, to bird hunting over whitetail or over Western hunting or everything like that. Cause everybody's got, you know, I mean, I grew up, you know, shotgun season was the biggest thing ever. Mm -hmm. We shot squirrels. My dad would pick me up. We'd go squirrel hunting and then we'd go shoot shotguns, you know, and, and slug hunt. And it's like, now I 
don't do any of that hardly. I love to just bow hunt and I like to shoot squirrels every now and then, but it's crazy how it all molds. And even now, like my, my dad's like super into bow hunting mm-hmm. rather than the gun hunting last year. He's like, man, I'm just, I'm just over this gun hunting thing. I'm just like, it's cool how it all changes too and how people find different interests. So you take it away, man. Like, you know, born and raised all the way to what you're doing now. So I was born and raised in New Germany, Minnesota. New my, Germany. Yeah. Yes. My grandma and grandpa were farmers there and that's where I was born and raised was in that town and then from there I went to college up at Bemidji for a couple of years and then I took a few groups of, of hunters out up there while I was in college to pay for the bills okay I enjoyed that the okay. one guy I was this was like my first set of clients I about crapped my pants because the guy flew his plane up there no kid so yeah yeah, and, uh, and they're just looking for a guy. To and it was intimidating birds. at yeah. first. It's like the night before, I'm just shaking. Like, hopefully, we shoot something, and it, it all went well. I was working at the Green Mill, and I decided I didn't like that, so I started guiding. Man, and I'm then glad uh, that. yeah, so that was the start of that. I just ran a few groups just to try it. Okay, and then a guy I know who ran Goosebusters Guide Service down here in the West Metro by the name of Phil Schmidt decided he was going to get out of it. So that was my opportunity to get in. I got no I, I got all of his equipment, everything, and then I started on my own. And then me and Joe Heinz met, and Joe Heinz was running his own kind of outfitting service in Hutchinson. Okay. And we started working together, going off of one another. I would hunt one of his spots. He would hunt with one of my spots. We'd help out with clients. And then we just came to the conclusion, why don't we just join forces? Yeah, make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And then Legends Outfitters was born, and that was in 2017. 2017. Okay. So this is, let's see, 2017, 18, 18. So this is the fourth season. Of Legends Outfitters. For you both. Yeah. Cool. I started guiding on my own in 2012. Okay. So. So you have, so you can, you know, get parties out or you can get individual guys? Yeah, absolutely. So we always like to tell guys, if you have five guys or, or more, you'll have a private field. But if okay. you have less than five you might get mixed in with one or two guys that are just oddballs so we can maximize and it 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 works out well that way okay a lot of guys try to get that five plus just all right private yeah i'm sure then they all know each other right exactly no you know feel comfortable with everybody's guns and stuff like that exactly wow that's that's cool i mean it's like i mean you had all the tools you, mm-hmm. you bought you got you bought the toolbox and we're like let's go to work yep okay i do have to say though the biggest thing is getting access to land well, because yeah. of the guiding aspect, right? So you're, how do you, pro, how, yeah? Let's let's jump right into that. So how do you approach different? Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna drive around. You're gonna find the birds. Yep. I mean, the, the dummy dumbo one hundred and one. And then you're gonna, okay, I'm gonna go ask this farmer or go on Onyx or whatever app you use and find who owns it. Knock on their door. And how do you present yourself then if you're a guide service? So what I do. So like tomorrow night I have a meeting. I'm gonna be meeting with a new farmer. Okay. They kind of know who we are just because I've been in the community for a while. Yep. But I'll just introduce myself, tell them where I'm from. I'm from a farming family. We respect the land. We hunt all these other farmers. That we have zero issues. We we always clean up after ourselves. We respect the property. Yep. And we always do a daily lease. And I just won't name that dollar amount. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It's, we do a daily it's lease. different all the time, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we do a daily lease just for them allowing us to go out there. So you do mm-hmm. you do offer to say, hey, I would like to lease your land yep. for a day. Yep. Okay. So that could turn as, hey, don't worry about it. I just, you know, you can use the land, just be respectful. Or Absolutely. Or, hey, what what's your dollar amount? Yep. And so it's a different negotiation every time. Yep. And, and to me, like, I don't want to lease out a farm for the whole season. Right. In my eyes, that takes away from, say, you want to go goose hunting. Okay. If I don't find the geese and you do, you should be able to hunt that property. That's the way I see it. Okay. I don't want to take away from the the guy that's going out and hunting with his kids or anything yeah. like that. That's why I like to, I prefer to do the daily lease so I don't take away from anybody else. Okay. And that's just and I tell all my landowners that same thing too. Like I don't want to take away from anybody in the area. Right. That's well, the that's last the thing I want to do. That's the thing and you know like if you're whitetail woods it's like you know, you can blow those deer out of there mm-hmm. where it's like geese are going to come and go. Oh, absolutely. they might be there for three days and they might not be there for another 20. Right. Exactly. I mean, you don't really blow geese out of there. I mean, you can, I suppose, but right. I mean, different birds all time. On my way here, I got a Snapchat from one of our farmers and I just hunted the field yesterday morning 
You just sent me a Snapchat. There was geese out there again tonight. <laughs> and a lot of those, you know, but they, but a lot of those farmers, they don't want the geese in the fields. Nope. Mm-hmm. So that so you got an advantage, right, of getting them out of there. Exactly. I mean, I remember when a couple times I went geese hunting. It was just like, it was. I mean, there were so many birds in that field. Yeah. Just crazy mm-hmm. amount of birds. Yeah. Huh. So that, that's how you approach that then. Yep. I mean, so, it, it, I mean, just having the local connection that my grandparents used to farm in the area, a lot of people huge. know the last name. It's huge. So that's huge. Hey, you know, you know, this is my folks. This mm-hmm. is my grandpa, you know, kind of deal. Yep. And, you know, hey, we're going to hunt this land and, you know, we're going to, this is where we're going to set up and please go out and look at it after we get through yep. and make sure. And it's just common sense though. It's like, you know, anybody's property that you're on, if you're bird hunting, you're big game hunting, you're squirrel hunting, you're pheasant hunting, it's like if there's a muddy spot, don't drive in it. Exactly. Like it's don't just run it up. all yeah. those, the stupid little things, you know. And and I think the biggest thing with land, as long as we're talking about like land permission, is that, I mean, my buddy Dan Holmquist is a, is a great dude as far as it comes to respecting the landowner. He's always offering, hey, let me buy a gift card to your favorite restaurant or, hey, let me give you a bunch of packs of venison hamburger or whatever it is. Um, but the thing is when you're when you're going up to approaching, you know, the landowners and whatnot, it's always a different side of the story. Yep. And it's always a different atmosphere where you get permission for that field doesn't mean you can necessarily bring your buddy's friend right. out there. But you... But you being an outfitter saying, hey, I'm going to have guys come out and hunt, you know, with me. They know that. It's known. Where if I'm going to hunt a piece of land that's connected to another piece of land that I got permission for and I got permission for both of them and one's family land and one's not, you know, you if you're going to bring a buddy out there, you better make sure that you got permission to bring that buddy out there. Just because you have permission doesn't mean you can bring another friend out. Right, exactly. So, I, I mean, I was thinking about that as the season approaches because I do I am faced with that situation mm-hmm. a lot of the times you know I have a couple of buddies that want to come out on family land well it's like well, yeah you're welcome to hunt family land but hunting the next property over it's like you don't want to ruin it for your your opportunity right. to use that land not saying you want to say well I you know I want to kill a deer off that land or I want to be able to hunt that land all the time because for my pleasure no like I don't want to ruin the situation for me right Yep. And, and just the integrity of like, hey, I have permission for it. I respect that you gave me permission for it. So, cool. and it's funny you're you're talking about like respecting the land and don't rut it up and stuff like that. Yeah, we actually probably one of our better properties in Hutch. The guy initially said no because they had hunters that disrespected the land, left trash out there, and left ruts. Yeah. Eventually, we got our way in. We just let us do it one time. Let us know what you think, and if it's if you enjoy us being out there and we're, we respect the land, then maybe we can work out a deal. And it came to it, and then last year, he said, you know, I really enjoy you guys hunting out there because you respect the land, you clean up after yourself, yep. and I don't have to worry about it. Right. And it's, you know, I mean, you take, yeah, I mean, the carcasses and everything, you clean yep. it all up and be done. It's like, a, it's like motorcycle riders. Like... You know, there's two different types of motorcycle oh, yeah. riders. There's the guys that think they're on the road and the guys that respect it, you know. And yep. on the way home tonight, I had this guy that tried to pass me this whole whole bunch of bikes on the on the on the passing lane as the car was turning left. And he flew by me and if I didn't see him, like he left his whole pack in the back. I'm like, this is the reason yeah. that these people have a bad rap, but it's the same as hunting, hunting yep. and fishing, you know, it just rules and regulations and common sense. Exactly. So all right, man, well let's get let's get into your outfitting business then and and like I say, you do some filming for it. Yep. Do you film every hunt? Not every hunt. Not Only every the hunt. hunts that, prov- like, they present themselves an opportunity where we can hide a cameraman very well. Okay. Because ultimately, we're going to have clients with us, and the last thing we want to do is have a cameraman mess sure. up the hunt. Yep. Yep. For these guys that are paying. So. So is your cameraman when you do film a hunt? I want. I want to know about filming hunts because I've had a few guys that I've been on the show that film hunts if it's from whitetail to birds mm-hmm. and whatnot, and there's always like. There's such a, a, how do I say it? There's such a different level in all the different filmings. There's a guy out there with his iPhone. There's a guy with a full-out camera system and whatnot. So you guys have one guy just dedicated to filming. A couple, yeah. Two guys. You, they got to be the perfect guy. They got to know the birds when they're coming in and then pan out at the right time, knowing which birds are going to get shot at, things like that, and make sure okay. you don't turn the camera off too quick after we're picking up birds, you know, because what if one's banded? You want to catch that moment. 
the guy's face and the yeah. reactions. Right. Things like that. But yeah, we have a Canon camera, pretty okay. nice Canon that we use. We actually got two of them. But, okay. Yeah. And they're them guys are laid in blinds too. Yes, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes they're in a ghillie suit in the fence line. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So you film the whole hunt. You go. You go through and edit it. Joe does. He is. He's, he's got he, the. He's, he's got the mindset. For oh it. yeah. He's he does a really good job with that. Well, editing tools are super. I shouldn't say they're easy, but I do some editing for my music stuff, yep. and it's like. That like the simple iMovie is oh yeah is, that, that's all he uses right it's awesome it's like, spectacular it's clear it's easy to work with it's easy to transfer everything to wherever you want to put it on mm-hmm. I was just saying I think I said this on the last podcast that we were on but like the YouTube thing is like I, I mentioned it all the time and I love watching YouTube because you can check on a YouTube channel and it's like boom 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 there's all these new videos from everybody you follow and then since you follow this guy this other video is up but like. You can take a video and upload it to YouTube in what? Oh yeah, two minutes. Right. Depending how long it is. But I remember like you had to, like I tried to do that when I was a kid, like uploading four wheeler videos and stuff, and you'd sit there and watch it buffer for six hours. Yep. For it was, sure. A, it was a huge deal. So yeah, just from doing it on a smartphone, and a friend of mine were talking about the smartphone thing when we were in Colorado last week, and and uh, like everybody complains about how much money a smartphone is. But what they do is is, inc- is incredible. The prices, I uh, shouldn't say too low, but right. like it's incredible what you could all do on that thing. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I actually I I plan to film a bunch of my hunts this year. I'm in the bow stand, just just iPhone stuff, and like when there's does and smaller bucks passing through, because people mm-hmm. love to see that. Right? Oh, for sure. I mean, people love to see the footage of. You know, the Snapchats of us while we're goose hunting. I love watching it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Like I love the camaraderie. I love the laughing. I love like. Oh man, it's three thirty in the morning, and here we are. Yeah. Like I'm like, they are doing it. That is so cool. Yeah. So awesome, man. Well, Legend Outfitters, if you're just tuning into the show and you're listening to K back here on Saturday morning, welcome. We have Trevor Litkey on the show, and he has Legends Outfitters out of Waverly and Hutch, and we talked a little bit about that so far. We're we're not we're not even done with that yet, but we get. He's got an app called Roost TV, Roost, www.roosttv.com. It's R-O-O-S-T-T-V.com. It's a $3.99 subscription where you can get all the local waterfall hunting. Locker waterfall hunting. So, and all the tips and tactics and everything you need waterfall hunting right at your fingertips. Right. And and since since you said tips and tactics, I, I really love that. And, and you're not afraid to give the information out. To an extent, probably. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, like, (laughs) what you're exactly doing. But, like, for me, it's like, when I'm, when the rut's coming, people are like, you love rattling, don't you? Like, I I just don't have the, you know, the the urge or the confidence to do it. And I'm like, man, once you have that happen, Mm -hmm. and then I've had people do it. And they're like, dude, I love rattling now. It's awesome. Like, it's incredible. These deer come right in. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, it's awesome for me to give that and be like, you have somebody else have a joy of that, right? So, so tips and tactics for you. Yep. What do, What do you What do you try to like? Let people know of my biggest. I, I don't know anything about my what? biggest thing is concealment. If you're not concealed, you're not going to have a successful hunt. Okay, that's number one. Just, I don't care just if you're brushed in. Yeah, you got to be hidden. Really? Yeah, be hidden. Otherwise, you won't have a success. Maybe early in the season, you could get away with it okay. a little more. But as soon as you get into October, November, mid-season, late-season, yeah, yeah, yeah. good luck. So you're saying being hidden, though. Like, are you saying in a blind? Yep. So, like, in your layout blind, putting stubble on the blinds and stuff like that. A lot of guys, they go half-ass on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. They might not put stubble in all their stubble straps in the blind, and you can pretty much see the outline of your layout blind. But once you brush them in, like, the first, say, say you hunt cornfields, right? Or mm-hmm. what fields you hunt right now? Uh, stock or uh, chop corn or alfalfa or maybe some wheat. Right. So if you're in a you're in a wheat field and you got chop corn from the week before and you're, yeah, and don't you're use blind, that. yeah, you're you're kind of done, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you basically stock your blinds and then you have to re- relate to where you're at next. Yep, time. exactly. And our, you know, when I've gone, you I've been up against like a fence line. Yep. In if, the, if you the know, opportunities there for sure. In a fence line. Okay. Yep. So what's your go-to? place to be covered up in is it always different it's always different and know, it like, depends on the situation depends on the field the lay of the land everything there's so many different variables on how we're going to hide and where we're going to hide is i can't just give you one thing 
I mean, the one thing That'd we do the most is a grass hide. Sure. If that makes sense. Essentially, we just make ourselves looks like look like a like a tie line. Sure. Where you have the flag come up through the field and we keep the decoys off of us and we just look like a grass patch in the middle of a field. Okay. And that seems to work out very well. How do you get the grass out there? Just cut them out of a ditch. I got a hedge trimmers, so we don't have to pull any grass. You're a smart man. <laughs> yeah. You're a smart man. Man, yeah, I remember I went one time, it was snowing out, and uh, they had a whole, like, two boxes of white oh, no. spray paint. Of, oh, no. <laughs> but it wasn't spray paint. It was, it was the just, stuff that came off. Yeah. yeah. But I just remembered. Shh, like the Christmas snow spray. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what yeah. it was. Christmas snow spray. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had a successful hunt, but it was. I was like, what? Just got to buy a snow cover is all you got to do. Well, I'll tell them guys that. What are you guys doing? Are you buying all this paint? <laughs> yeah. It's a snow cover. Oh, they're uh, like 50 bucks, so it's not too bad. And they sure. last forever. It's awesome. You just got to wash them so they stay clean. Otherwise, they, you get a little bit of dirt on them, then they just they don't work anymore. We're going to talk about keeping gear clean, too, because, man, that's a it's big... A difficult chore. It's a difficult chore all around. If right. If you want stuff to, you know... I was in the Colorado Elkwoods, man, and it's like snowing there's snow fall off the trees there's pine cones there's pine you know everything mm-hmm. i look down at my revolver and it's just covered yeah. in snow and wet mud and i'm like that's not gonna work oh man <laughs> i'm like oh but then you pull it apart and you yep. dry it out and you're like huh that's a reason i spent all that much money for it that's for sure so yep. clean as a whistle um so you offer a guiding service. Let's mm-hmm. let's basically talk about that guiding service before we break for the song of the week. But how do they get a hold of you, first of all, for that guiding service? Uh, we have a website, okay. www.legendsoutfittersmn.com. MN, okay. Or you can just email me at legendsoutfittersmn uh, at gmail.com. Okay. Or call, text me. All that information's on the website as well. Okay. I mean, obviously, if you know somebody, like I said, if it's guys that, if the guys, so here's a situation for you. So say it's uh, five guys from some trucking company office and they want to go mm-hmm. and shoot birds. Yep. What service do you provide for them if they call you and say, hey, we got five guys that want to go out mm-hmm. this week sometime. Uh, half of them got guns, half of them don't. And camo, half of them got camo, half of them don't. Can you, can you control that, or what situations so, can you do? What we offer is, so the guns and the camo, obviously you got to supply yourself. Same okay. with the ammunition, okay. and yeah. then they're licensed. It's there. kind of a dumb question. So we have we supply everything else. So we put all the decoys out. We stubble all the layout blinds. Okay. we got access to the property. Yep. All they have to do is meet us at a local gas station at whatever time in the morning, get their snacks and coffee <laughs> for the morning. We go out to the field. They go on their layup lines, get situated, and then we just start hunting. We go over our safety meeting, yep. and then we just start hunting. So guns, camo, guns and clothes, personal stuff, yep. that's up to them to bring. Yep. So when you say you meet at a gas station, is that all when the work's done for you, or are you are they helping set up all decoys and such? No, we have everything already set up. And Ready field. to go. Yep. So that's like a total, we don't know you, we heard about you guys through so-and-so, yep. we want to go on a hunt. Yep. Okay. And how long does it usually last? It depends on the day. Like if it's a migrator hunt, um, like today would have been a good day for a migrator hunt, northwest winds. Usually sit out there till about 11. But okay. if we're hunting an X field, oh, you're out of there at 1030 in the morning. So, so we got to scout it that evening for the next day. X field, migrator, tell me a little bit more. So about an that. X field is, say we're scouting tonight. Yep. We find a cornfield. Before, before the sun goes down, of course. Yep. Okay. We find 300 geese in a cornfield. Okay. We hunt that feed. The X field okay. the next morning. Okay. A migrator hunt is northwest winds, yep. new birds pushing into the area. Okay. So in September, you get your molt migrators, your non breeding geese, or those geese that didn't have successful hashes, hatches. Okay. They usually start pushing early. Okay. So that was what Labor Day Monday was. It was a migrator hunt, northwest winds, the very first ones of the year. Okay. And they pushed hard. So winds coming out of the northwest. Yep. Okay. Just to make it clear, wind wind is a totally different oh, yeah. option for everybody. Everybody's mindset. different. They're like, "What do you mean? Is it coming out or blowing?" Yeah. Or so, you know. But yeah, so yeah, it's, it, the whole world is revolving on. If correct me if I'm wrong, but if they say northwest wind, it's coming out yep. of there, not blowing towards. Birds there. are riding that 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 wind south. Okay, so they're all flying on their southern pattern tonight. Or, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I saw two flocks on the way here. They were pushing south. Okay, so. When you're going to go on a hunt a migrator hunt, 
you just know that field's probably a good stopping point for them? Or what do you... We know historical for? flight lines. Right. Generally, get north of a refuge or a big city is a pretty good start. Okay. Because um, they'll go down before the city. Yep. They know they're safe for those big cities. So they might make a pit stop there, but they know as a directional flight line that there's a city over there or that's where they stop and there's a sure. refuge there and they stay there and stage for a while. So maybe if it's going to be a northwest wind mm-hmm. today, Yep. for example, right? You said it was today? I'd right. go north. All right, look. Yep. Today was a northwest wind. So, so knowing so, that, yeah. I would go set up in a visible green field north of a refuge, throw out 400 decoys and try to find five of the best goose callers I could, I could find. To bring them in. Yeah. Because they're literally black dots in the sky. In the sky. And they worked their way down. The, the longest we called the flock was five minutes. Five minutes. From way up there to the ground, to the boot bags. No kidding. Mm-hmm. No kidding. So when they come, but, but, but so the next day, though, you want it obviously to be northwest wind as well. The day we're hunting, I want northwest winds. The next okay. day could be really good, too. Even okay. if it's not northwest winds, because there could be new birds in the area, and they're just trying to get acclimated, and they're floating okay. around. So, but it's just it all comes down to scouting for you, yes. and, and watching, and like you said, the historical flight Knowing lines. Weather, of, yep. I mean, it's just like hunting a whitetail. I mean, kind of where you know where they're funneling through. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, cool, man. Hey, we're gonna get we're gonna get more about Legends Outfitters uh, in, in a little bit here. But uh, if you're just tuning in, Trevor Lidkey, Lidkey, right? I'm never going to pronounce it, yeah. Um, never going to pronounce it right. But we're talking to him, and we're talking bird hunting. Man, hunting season's here, folks. It is here, and it is here to stay for a solid, like, four months. And I'm really excited about that. I'm going to be a better human. I've, I've, I've always stretched to be a better human, but I'm a better human when it comes to hunting season, <laughs> man. I'm much happier. So um, we're going to be right back, and we're going to have a song of the week, and I'm going to put Trevor on the spot because that's what I've been doing. Um, got any songs in mind you want to hear for the song of the week? Anything you've been jamming to? I think I heard that one just a, a dollar or something like Man, that. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the second week in a row. Colin did the oh, same really? thing. Nice. He's like, he's like, how about uh, one of your songs? I think he said, I think he said it was maybe next time or the hell with it. I can't remember, okay. but heck yeah. Thanks for requesting my songs. I appreciate that. We'll be right back with the Racks and Reels podcast with Trevor Litke. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the show. If you'd like to be a part of this radio show and podcast with a support sponsorship program, please shoot us an email at racksandreelsmn at hotmail.com or message us in one of the social media platforms. Now back to it. This is the Mitch Horton Man, and you're watching the Grizzly Cooler Sessions presented by Spillgrain Brewhouse. Yeah. 
solid <laughs> live cut by yours truly I like the live cuts lately um i don't know i get on these kicks with with female songs for a while and i uh go back to some you know new new music and then some old stuff and then i like the live cuts it's just you know especially if you've been following artists for a while so all right boys and girls we are back and uh another great song of the week i really i really applaud these guys i've done their homework probably more than i've done my homework but uh Anyway, um, hunting season's here, like I said, and it's it's rolling. And for me, uh, I've already started with the Colorado elk season, which I'm going to do a podcast on that as well and uh, explain all the days I was out there and what was going on. But, man, I'm learning so much from these all these bird hunters, man. I mean, I blow a call, but it's an elk call or you know, a grunt call, and these guys are way over my head. So it's, it's, fun, to, it's fun to dive in and, and see you know how their day goes compared to what my day goes and i've realized they wake up a lot more early than i do and uh they don't have sitting around uh a lot of sitting around time they get up and go do it so we're with here with trevor lidke and legends outfitters and he got me new ball caps so that's pretty cool can, can people buy these anywhere yeah they're on the website sweet go Same get with long sleeve shirts and really other stuff yeah. whole line awesome so hey we're gonna get back to your outfit business so basically when's your next hunt Friday morning. Friday morning. So clients, how many guys? We got six guys coming up from Missouri and then two guys that are local. Missouri. Yeah. Wow. Do, do you find it funny how they find you? It's a lot of it's Snapchat, to be honest with you. It's his Snapchat. Oh, yeah. How many followers you got on that? Well, Joe's got like 25,000. Holy buckets. Yeah, he's got them from all over. We had guys last weekend. They drove up Friday night, hunted Saturday and left Sunday morning. They were from Southern Illinois. No kidding. Yeah. How many guys was that? That was five. I've heard the Snapchat world for bird hunting is huge. Oh, it's crazy. Is it? Is it's it crazy? And how do you get the followers on it? What What success have you seen? Just sharing with other people that have a mass following, just going back and forth and then sharing that code or whatever, or going on Facebook and sharing your name on like Minnesota waterfowlers or things like that. And yeah. People add you and a lot of it too is word of mouth. Word of mouth. Hey, what well, you guys just, just add this dude, right? right. Like, exactly. or maybe sending one of your videos to a buddy and it says to add the guy yep. and, and whatnot. Cause don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're a hunter or fisherman and you're in the office, What's on your mind? Oh, right exactly. Now? You're watching Snapchat. You're, you're a hunt man. You're <laughs> yeah. like, these guys are living through their shoes. I, I had a buddy send me a uh, uh, snap uh, last night, and he was packing out an elk. Yep. And he was like, heavy packs, baby. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, man, I was in bed ready to go to, like, almost sleeping. And I'm like, I was so pumped for him. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to hear about this story. Uh, it's just like a tease before, like, the official yep. Instagram post of the hunt. He feels like it's, like, behind-the-scene footage kind of thing. So. Yep. Um, so this Friday, they're coming up from Missouri. There's five guys. And yep. you met them before? Nope. These guys I have not. So they called you, contacted yeah, you? Yeah, I talked to them on the phone, exchanged text messages. We got them situated with a hotel, and they'll be here tomorrow evening. Okay. Yep. I mean, that's a big thing, too, is, like, where they're going to stay if they're not pulling a camper or whatnot. Right. You can say, like, I mean, even when I play music, it's like, hey, we're going to play in your town. What's the best hotel to stay in or the nicest, cleanest, cheapest hotel, you know? And it's, 
it's nice to have a guy say, oh, yeah, stay here. Yep. Yeah, we have a deal cut out with one of the local hotels in Hutchinson, so they get a little bit of a discount. They awesome. just got to mention that they're hunting with us. So. Oh. Man, you got all, all the little things. Little it niches, yeah. It seems if, you know, it's the same as I'm playing a wedding for somebody. Yep. They're like, well, what about this and this? And then do you do that? I'm like, yep, I do this, I do this, and this is why I do this like this. And they're like, oh. Your ducks are in a row. Yeah, everything's, <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be easy. This is cool. Because those guys, when they come up or, you know, guys or girls, they, they just want to they want to go have fun. This yeah, is their yeah. vacation. Yep, they don't sure. need to stress about what happened because if they're driving, I mean, heaven forbid, I mean, car troubles and mm-hmm. trailers and whatever could happen on the way is a big enough struggle already. Yep. We had a, so. we had a bachelor party from Kentucky. Oh, this wow. This was two years ago. And they rented one of those big white vans, you know? No kidding. They, we shot like 25 geese that morning, and they drove that van into the middle of the cornfield, piled all the geese on top of it, and then took a picture. And oh, it makes me laugh every time I look at that picture. Because they rented the van. <laughs> yeah. and they there drove. was just blood streaks going down the van. Oh, oh my god! It was and you were just you were just like, I'm not going to encourage you, but I'm just going to sit here <laughs> yeah. and laugh. And they're also having a good yeah. time, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. Yep, for sure. So, so a lot of our clients are from all over the country, like Kentucky. Tennessee, Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, Wisconsin. Um, Anywhere. We've had a couple from Florida. You have. A couple from Texas. Yeah, just about everywhere. Right. A couple from California. And it's anybody from that's an experienced hunter to that maybe just called you up and said, hey, I want to hunt with you and you know, let's, let's work out a deal to the guy that works in the office and just wants to take his clients on a yep, we have goose a, hunting trip. Yeah, we have a few of those, but a majority of them are big-time waterfall hunters. They just want to come up here and experience Minnesota. Killer. So It's pretty it's, cool. It's awesome experience. I'm so proud of that there's people local. I mean, I, as doing this show, it's like I've realized how many local talents. I always knew they are local talents because right. when, when I was in the studio drumming up this idea, I was like, man, there's a ton of talent. And off, of, I mean, I wrote down on a piece of paper like 50 names right off the bat that I could have on the show that are right guys that just love it. Yep. From really experienced in, in the business like you guys are to the guys that just want to go out and hunt. Right. And I've had guys that I've called before saying, hey, I want to have you on my podcast. They're like, dude, I have no interest. Like, I don't want to talk on a microphone. I just want to like, I want to hunt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. But... So Legend Outfitters, man, you guys got it all put together, so you think. Yeah, so yeah. Think. <laughs> That's what I think sometimes, too. Like, I think I got all my ducks in a row, and then something happens. But We did just build a new duck blind. Okay. It's called the Migrator Motel. Okay. This will be the first year we're doing it. It's a 40-foot blind, 8-foot wide, and it's got a 5x8 kitchen built off of it. I was out there today, and there was probably about 30 geese right off of it. So I'm pretty excited. We haven't hunted it yet. What are you going to cook in it? Oh, bacon, eggs, whatever, sausage. And then, so you serve it to all the clients. You just hang out, and yeah. and somebody scouting and says, "Hey, there's there's a flock coming." Yep. You have a big water spread out in the pond. Yep. I'm excited for October around that full moon when you get that mixed bag of divers and mallards and geese. I think that'll be really cool. All all above, because. Yep. Okay, so now this the so you're gonna be you're in the ground though. Nope. This is built on a dock. Built on a dock. Yep. So you're gonna be hidden in there. Yep. We got it all stubbled up and brushed and. It's pretty cool, dude. You that, that's pretty cool. I, I really want to come out and see it. Yeah, the I, DNR I, come out and check it already. We're 100% legal. So, so that was the, our main concern. What do you mean legal on a situation like that? Minnesota has a lot of weird statues and laws that waterfallers have to abide by. Okay. And he checked with federal law. And we're okay with that. And we're okay with state law. So we had him come out and just do a blind check to make sure. Because you can't have any footings in the ground in the mud. Okay. Otherwise, it's deemed a permanent structure, which is illegal. Okay. So we had him just do a blind check just so he knows we're good, you know. Yeah, so like, okay. So there isn't anything during the middle of a hunt. and Yeah. Yeah. What what other th- things could be failed on that situation besides putting posts in the ground? Uh, there is a law. You can't erect a blind more than an hour before the start of waterfall season in the state of Minnesota. Okay. So at the, well, before the end of the season, we'll have to take it down. Okay. And then next year, we'll put it back up during early goose. But you can't do it right before the season, like nope. an hour before that morning. Nope. It has to be already ready to go. Yep. And that's just because it's a station, not a uh, not it's, a permanent, but it's a yeah, station it's, And line. it's on a body of water, which in 
all bodies of water in the state of Minnesota are deemed public. Oh, so. okay. So it's on like a dock that, so what do you take there? Do you take a boat there? No, it's, their dock just goes right to land. Okay. But it's over a body of water, if that okay. makes sense. There's a lot of, it, there's a lot of weird laws. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see. So, so you purposely called yes. the yep. officer of that area and said, hey. Yep. Great guy. Brett Wiltrout from the Hutchinson area. Okay. He came out, did good. a blind check. Yep. Good. Yeah, that's always a good thing, man, to have on your side. It's just you don't want any trouble. You don't. I mean, you no, don't, that's the last thing we. That's want. the last thing. You, yeah, you're you're out there providing service. So. Right. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Um, let's let's talk about maybe like a hunt procedure for you. Okay. I mean, like from the time your alarm goes off to the time you are leaving the land. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it, like on a whatever is your your uh, your best situation. So what I did yesterday, okay, hey, my alarm was set for 3.30 a.m. Sweet. Got up, met a couple of my helpers. We went out to the field, set up all the decoys, stubbled all the blinds. That took an hour and a half or so. And then we met the clients at a local gas station, got all of our stuff, took the clients back out to the field. We did our hunt. Um, we shot 10 geese. We were done about 10, 10.30. And then... Uh, the clients just hang around at the blind and chit-chat while we pick everything up. Unless they want to help. Unless they want to help. And some guys will absolutely. Some guys beg to put out decoys with us, but we just prefer to do it ourselves. Right. Otherwise, there's so much confusion. It just takes too much. But, yeah, yeah some guys will help us clean up. And if not, that's perfectly fine. That's part of our service. So. Yep. Um, and then we just take them back to our the trucks, and then we talk about the hunt, and we get squared up, and we're on our way. Perfect. So that's the deal. It's pretty simple. Wham, bam, Sometimes we go eat breakfast at like the Waverly Cafe or something. But. Oh, that's the best. I love <laughs> breakfast so much, man. That's what I miss about hunting season. Like yeah. waking up, having my breakfast, like on the go breakfast is so bad in my brain, but yeah. oh, it's so good when you can come back and eat breakfast. But. It's always nice when you get up at four in the morning, you have a successful hunt, and then you're at the Waverly Cafe at 930 in the morning. Yes. Eating a nice solid breakfast. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I still like, uh, I don't know if I've said this on here, but I, I have a niche for cafes, mom pa cafes. Oh, yeah, sure. There's nothing better than like going to my cabin and stopping at one of the four or five cafes on the way. I usually yep. stop at one or two mainly time, but if I'm by myself, it's like sit at the bar mm-hmm. in the cafe and you listen to some two old guys, yep. you know, just scream about something right now that's going on in the world and you just sit there and last time i had it i was i was going up and i was coming i was coming back that morning and uh he looks at me and he goes how you doing and we talked a little bit and then nothing else paper came out in front of his face you know because who reads the paper anymore right yeah i didn't know they made it uh, right you know (laughs) and i get my food he looks at me he goes you're gonna be pretty worthless if you eat all that today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's great. Maybe the whole day. So now though, like now, I mean, obviously, you know, geese hunting's here. Mm-hmm. That's what you're focused on right now. Yep, big time. Um, so yep. when when is the how far does that go till? So early goose closes this Sunday. Sunday's our last day. Okay. Then Monday through Friday it's closed. We can't hunt anything. And then Saturday morning is regular waterfall season opener. So, so then we can shoot ducks and geese. So why do you think there's a gap? I don't know why they did that because they never used to. I think there was enough duck hunters complaining. There was goose hunters stressing out ducks when they're pushing into okay. slews and stuff. That, that makes sense. And okay. I think that might have played a role in it. Because early goose limits are different than... Yep. So is it five? Yep. Five for early goose. Regular season is three. Three. Okay. Three per hunter. Okay. Yep. And for license for that, you can go anywhere where you get your license. But what do you have to have to go goose hunting? Uh, you need your your federal duck stamp, your state migratory validation, your uh, small game license, and your early goose permit. So what dollar amount are you looking at? $62. $62. For resident. For resident. And that covers duck too? Yep, that's for So waterfall yep. in general. Yep. Okay. And if you don't want to do the early goose, then it would be $58 because early goose permit's only $4. Early goose. Okay. Sounds good. Well, it's good to know. Good to know. Um, so what about, what about right now? Um, I, you know, we talked about, you know, the Roost TV situation um, and your app you guys created and all the videos and whatnot. Snapchat, we're going to get you your Snapchat at the end uh, of this deal. But Legends Outfitters, and we talked about your outfitting service and what you provide. But what right now, what are you seeing for birds? Like, is it good, bad? Is it normal? 
last week there I mean there was a phenomenal hatch this last spring there was a lot of geese around so the first four days of season there was a lot of really good hunts and then the geese kind of congregated a little more yeah. there was a lot less because a lot of people were killing a lot of the resident geese now it seems we've had a couple northwest winds a lot of geese have moved into larger cities okay so there's a li little less here and there um they're kind of getting a little more sparse um i'm not seeing too many feeds especially now with the warm weather seems like a lot of these geese are just eating on grass in towns and near lakes and just eating in swamps sure um I've seen very inconsistent feeds. Um, the other night I found a field with about 50 in it, and they didn't even come back the next morning. So that makes it tough on a guy like me, expecting 50 geese to show up the next morning, and they don't. Right. Um, but, you know, when you're a hunter and you're... It's and, part of the it's game. It's part of the game, man. But, it's just, it's the most frustrating part of the game yep. on any animal you're hunting. Exactly. And then so. once, yeah, and so I mean, there's still a pretty good amount of birds around, but we could use a, a fresh push of birds, sure. that's for sure. And now, does the weather something like that that plays with that? Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. the wind, but like the temperature and stuff. When yep. these cold temperatures right now, that's helping them push south, yep. right? Yep, exactly. These northwest winds, yeah, they're moving areas. Okay. So I'm sure, like tonight, we'll get some new birds. And if, if you're in a field tomorrow, you'll probably see a couple small groups, half a dozen sure. or so, just floating sure. around trying to figure out where the heck they are. Yeah, because they're new. So, huh. That's awesome, man. I, know. I'm hoping we get another, because that full moon's coming up here soon, isn't it? It's got to be pretty soon, because it was just full a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know what the day was, but I know when I left for my trip, it was definitely full. So Usually so, a lot of them waterfall migrate based on the full moon. So they're going to see them fly, and yep. fly at night, and then they come off. Yeah. Huh. So we should get a lot more activity here soon. So what's the, what's the, I mean, that's what you're looking forward to right now. What's that? Yeah, that's what you're looking for right now. There's new birds. New birds. New birds. New the, fields. What we have is is getting very stale. Okay. They're not. And being, they're probably being catching on to being called down. Exactly. And very and harder and harder. But yep. you're you're kind of getting excited because you know a better time's coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Within the next week or so, there'll be a lot of new geese here. Cool. Man, it's just it's just like ignite your fire. Oh yeah. Like I found a feed last night though. I, I, it was probably 300 geese. It's probably the biggest feed I've found in the last two weeks. Yeah, probably probably all season, actually. Okay. But they're, it, the guy doesn't let anybody hunt. He's got, like, a huge garden. It's like oh. sweet corn. And they just land in this hay field and then walk into his garden. And, uh, yeah. But I think I, I might be able to cut those off and run traffic on them, so... Well, Tell me more about cutting them off and run traffic. What so, traffic. Like, okay. Yeah, like, like, I don't know any of this. This is great. So, I know where these geese are roosting. Okay. They leave that roost. They have their flight line. How far? And this where they're going is about a mile. Okay. Maybe a little further. But just about every goose will take that almost exact same flight path. The quickest and easiest to get to that feed. Okay. Smart. Put me on a field in between there. I'll throw out a You'll big spread and I'll get them to come in. Yep. How many collars you got? Depends on the day, but we have five really good goose callers. Really? So, I mean, we're if Scott's up here, he's a world champion. Like on Monday, he yeah, it's crazy. You just got to watch the film. Joe's won state how many times? Ben's won, yeah, contest. I never competed just cause, but yeah, it's yeah, we got a lot of talent. I love and I it. think that's what makes us successful too. Is one you we know how right. to hunt these geese and are calling. Our calling is probably the best around. I mean, <laughs> well, but there's there's so many different things on that that. You know that relate to a successful goose hunt not just being successful but like having a great success is i mean what what do you think how many how many objectives are there i mean obviously you, you got your call and you're brushing your i mean how many things do you think are the most important right? without for us, without without listing 20 yeah i mean calling and concealment is huge calling Those and just things. being brushed in if you have, if you have decent calling i mean if you're hunting an x you don't necessarily need calling but if you're running traffic you calling and concealment sure you'll kill geese what about like decoys and like the spread yeah, and yeah, how you want you don't to need up? to have a huge spread to run traffic not by any means but okay. calling is i think the most important thing sure. when it comes to running traffic so dumb question how many decoys do you own between if you we run both trailers like 500 full bodies big foots how long does that take you to set them out you'd be surprised they actually go pretty quick because yeah. we, we i mean we got our guys that have been helping us for how many years yeah so everyone knows exactly what to do so it's just or like hey we're doing this spread yeah exactly do it yep. build it yeah we kind of maybe talk beforehand hey this is our game plan 
But yeah, we could probably throw out all 500 in 45 minutes. Really? You move. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no stopping and chit-chatting. Maybe to take a Snapchat or two. But. Yeah, maybe a Snapchat or two. <laughs> uh, what's your Snapchat? Just get it. Yeah. What is your Snapchat? Uh, Cleatman02. Cleat? Yeah, I made it when I was like 16 and haven't made a new one. Hey, so. I have still the same email <laughs> since I was 16. You're I right. think. So, so Cleatman, how do yeah. you spell it? C-L-E-A-T-M-A-N-0-2. Zero two. Zero two. That's, That's it. That's it. Snapchat. Snapchat. Go get him. Snapchat. He's got a lot of content. All the time. All the time. All the time. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, another dumb question. It's a dumb question. I don't know why I say dumb question no, all the no time. No question is dumb. No question is dumb. And, unless, well, there are dumb questions. Yeah. But. <laughs> what do you do with the meat? Jerky, dude. Dude, jerky. Well, a lot of, I mean, most of the time clients take their geese. Right. So, I mean, Which half the time, I usually, I don't even shoot. So, and legally, they have to take their birds because you can't party hunt waterfall. Right. So. So two questions besides that that's all you basically use jerky jerky and then I uh, like the other last week I made so I kind of grill them like a steak I yeah. sliced the the breast in half yeah and I marinate them for like three hours and yeah. you just cook them just like a you grill them just like a steak yeah oh they're phenomenal phenomenal see I'm really happy you say that yeah I have a buddy that he went out this morning actually he 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 sent me a Snapchat yep. of him in a goose pie and I was like who are you like you don't goose hunt you know <laughs> he's like oh yeah my boss brought us out you know yep. for a goose hunt whatever and we shot a few of them and i was like cool what you, you know what are you gonna do with me he's like i'm not tasting i'm not eating that garbage i'm like no man like every meat you know i got guys that say antelope tastes like garbage or like mule deer tastes like garbage because eat sagebrush and stuff like that and i just feel like it's the way you prepare it exactly the way you cook it Wild game cannot be dead on the grill. It has to have moisture. Exactly. It got to be a little red. Yep, 100%. Right? So when you grill it like a steak or like a chicken breast, I yep. should say, mm-hmm. I mean, they always say poultry is you're supposed to, you know, kill it. Right. Technically. Yep. So how do you do it on the grill? Like, how, how long do you cook it for? What do you look for? I just, I just cook it so it's like medium rare. Okay. And, and it's it literally tastes exactly like steak. Like it's great. If I grilled it for you and, and had you try it, you'd be like, that's steak. Well, if I go with you someday or go yeah, with I, somebody, I I'm have gonna, some I'm, prepared. And- I'm gonna do it. No, I'll do, I'll do it myself because I yeah. love cooking. But like, or I'll eat or whatever whatever yeah. situation is. The, but literally, the recipe is right on DucksUnlimited.com. Okay. Just type it. Go. You can click on waterfall and then recipes and yeah. then Google flying prime rib. Flying prime rib. Best recipe known to man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I love. I lived on that in college. <laughs> oh, dude! I, we, Steak dinners every night. <laughs> our, my, my fiance and I we live off venison, and, and we only shot two last year, and we've yeah. been out for a long time. I but grab it from my dad's freezer and whatnot, and we're out, we're we're out. We've been out for a couple months, and it's yeah. just killing me. Like I went and bought five pounds of hamburger at the meat shop the other day. I'm like, who am I? Yeah, like, what am I doing? Gosh dang it! You know. <laughs> But it's just how you prepare it. Like, oh, 100%. I, I know, like, I, I don't mind. Like, so when you do jerky, do you cut it? So I just take that to a local market. You do? And okay. Yeah. I don't have time for it. I'm too busy in the fall. To, jerky jerky yeah. takes a long time. Oh, it's yeah. six. I did some venison uh, that my buddy brought over for our trip, about mm-hmm. five pounds over. And I always make re-jerk out of it, you know, so you grind it up, use a gun. And yeah. that's like the tenderness of it that way. But a lot of guys do jerky. Um, I've had goose bacon before. That is phenomenal, too. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I was going to try, if I went out, I wanted, I was like, there's got to be a way just to grill the breast. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that's, that's the way to do it right there, the recipe I just gave you. That's killer. It's amazing. And what's nice about the jerky sticks, too, when I take them, it's a good gift for farmers. Heck, yeah. Everybody likes a jerky stick. <laughs> that's why I don't turn a lot of my venison into jerky. Right. Or, or sticks. Right. Because it's like, man, if you got... You know, five buddies over gone and, in and where are your sticks located in <laughs> yeah. your shop freezer yep. and you grab a pack and they're gone yep. and you're like, oh, it took like six hours. But you like, <laughs> it's a love hate relationship because they're like, oh, I want to give everybody some product. Right. But then again, it's like, I don't want to. I don't want time. to at the same time. <laughs> I gave my buddies that medicine Colorado for a couple of days of hunting. I gave them a pack of jerky. They're like, oh, we don't want to eat your jerky, man. I see your food. I was like, no, man, we got like seven packs and we've got a couple left we're good but yeah. just eat it like i love having people sample it oh for sure because even yeah, venison i had a, my music buddy come over and i hunt in wisconsin and i made him venison chops sure and he's like dude these are amazing i was like 
yeah, man, you can't kill it. Like, you gotta, they can make so much hamburger in theirs. And I don't diss anybody, whoever wants to make wild game the way they want to make mm-hmm. wild game. And if you eat wild game, you can do whatever you want. As long as you long, eat it. As long as you eat it, as long as you don't have, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it, as long as you don't have meat in the freezer from three years ago yeah. and, and you're still <laughs> stacking meat in there. Because right. what's going to happen? You're, you're never gonna eat. You're it. never it's gonna going eat the bad. old stuff. It's freezer burnt you're, the you're, crap. Why? Why are you gonna pick the old stuff rather than right. the new stuff? Exactly. You know? Even if you do have a vacuum sealer bag. Right. That's cool, man. Anything else you want to touch, like mainly on on the, on the whole deal? Oh I mean, man, I don't even. I mean, I could probably talk hours about hunting and we could different stuff about that. But I mean, is there any questions that you have as not being a waterfowl hunter? I that? don't know. I, I mean, I feel like if I don't go waterfowl hunting in the next couple of weeks, I probably won't go. Right. Um, unless it is late season and I do fill my deer tags and whatnot. But uh, I, I definitely want to get out there and, and, and give it a shot. I mean, I just, I, I've always liked it when I, when I when have gone out. Sure. Yeah. It's been a blast, you know, but once it gets into the, the big game, you know, mm-hmm. white, whitetail season for me, it's just like, go, go, go. Right. That plus all my other 50 things I'm doing and my getting ready for my wedding. And it's just like, ah, it's Where's your wedding? 1010. You want to come? Holy smoke. You want to come? That's going to be here before you know I it. I know. It's right between the rut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. So maybe we wrap this whole thing up with maybe like story of maybe your favorite goose hunt, your memorable one, or maybe a recent one. We got any? Yeah. So it was a snow hunt. Okay. There's This was probably two years ago. Um, we had a huge snowstorm and it was still snowing. And I got permission for this field. These geese have been going in for probably a week. I could never find the landowner. Yeah. You know how some people just put it under an LLC so nobody can find out who actually owns yeah. it. <laughs> so I figured it out. And it was actually my buddy's dad. So I got permission for it. And we set up out there. And it's snowing. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. Thinking the geese are going to come out right away in the morning because it was snowing. But they didn't. And it got to be about noon. And we're sitting in the trucks in the field approach just waiting for these geese. And all of a sudden you see this loner come flying down the highway and go land right next to our layout blinds and the decoys. So then we run out there, we're running, we're tripping because the snow's so deep. Because you try to kick it up. We just, yeah, because we knew there was a thousand more geese coming. We didn't care about that one. We had all of our stuff out in the layout blinds already. We just needed to get to those layout blinds because he was the start of what was about to happen. And we got to the layout blinds and... 10 pack comes a 20 pack comes and 100 come i mean it's snowing it's gorgeous everything's white the decoys are popping in this cornfield and we literally have hundreds and hundreds of geese coming into our decoys and they're 20 yards and we there was we had guys up by the trucks because we didn't have enough layup lines because we had i don't even know how many guys there was so one group of, or one guy would shoot his limit he would switch out with another guy in the in the fence line I think yeah, it was we did that like three or four times. So the geese were landing, shooting. They would go off, and next group would come. Oh, it was just crazy! It was hectic. It was like an hour nonstop of just geese and us shooting, and oh, it was just crazy. Incredible, awesome. It was crazy. Oh man, that was probably my most memorable and favorite hunt that I've had, and we got a lot of good like phone footage of it. Right. I mean, when you have fifty geese backpedaling at twenty yards in the snow while it's snowing, it's first of all just it's beautiful. I didn't even care to shoot at that point because it was just it was just amazing to watch all these birds coming in. Right. I, I know the last guy he needed to shoot two geese or something like that. And we had probably, I don't know, a flock of about a hundred coming. Yeah. And there was more behind them. When it was all said and done, I bet there was two hundred geese in the decoys before he picked up two and shot them. Like Really? It's just crazy. It was one of those days you could have had a hundred guys and a hundred guys would have shot their limit. It was just like how do we stumble upon Because these geese were like in panic mode yeah because all this new snow and all their food was getting covered up yeah lake was almost frozen oh it was it was disgusting that's that's the biggest thing about the outdoors man it's like if you don't get your limit or you don't you know fill your tag Mm -hmm. the opportunity that you have in the in the thankfulness that you have just to be out there to, to be physical mentally right everything you got all those stars aligned to be out there is incredible. So Yeah, you have a lot of them hunts too. Like we have those hunts where we're not successful. Like I'll be the first to admit it. Saturday morning I had a group. We shot zero. We saw two geese. 
Yeah, it happens. It happens. I, I can't control yeah. it. I mean, I you're gonna I'm do your dang, dang I'm gonna do my best to put you in the best hunting scenario I can put you in, and that's yeah. th- that's all I can do. And I sleep good at night knowing that I did that. So ten four. Cool, man. We got to wrap this up. We we've covered a lot. Trevor Lidkey here in uh, Legends Outfitters Roost TV platform. There, um, just run through your website for your outfitting business again www.legendsoutfittersmn.com and then snapchat's cleatman 0202 i should say and uh yeah go get that roost tv go go spend it 3.99 and and save yourself an rb sandwich or something like that and get get some good waterfall action so thanks for being on the show uh we're gonna wrap it up but uh, good luck to you this season and maybe we'll have to get you on for a phone interview sometime soon absolutely thanks for having me I had a lot of fun awesome man see ya Thanks for tuning in to Racks and Reels Minnesota. Re-listen to this episode and find previous shows wherever you find your favorite podcast. Find and follow Racks and Reels Minnesota on all major social media platforms. I'm your host, Mitch Gordon. Now get outside and do something. And don't forget those wet wipes.